Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. No matter what time of day it is, I appreciate you joining. This is Brandon. This is the official 11th and T Designs podcast. Whether you're coming from the website, the 11th and website, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, even if you're hitting up the link through the, the email newsletter that I send out, I really appreciate your support and you listening. Um, today, I have a special guest. And first off, I want to say, you know, everybody, we're all uh, influenced by the things that happen in our life. And as many of you know, I was in the military for, uh, for some years, you know, right out of high school. And I'm very excited today to talk a little bit about my past. I have a fellow veteran, uh, a really good friend, and just an all-around Class A dude that's doing so much in the community. Uh, today, I have going on man you there yep i'm here not yeah, much man. man what's going on yeah how, how, how's, how's everything going there uh you're in ohio right correct in chillicothe ohio it's warm and it seems to never stop raining so but it's going hey jeremy you there yep oh, okay all right um i was saying uh so are there any special stories that you can tell um, the listeners about our time that we served together? Oh, man, there are so many. I could probably name a thousand, but, you know, uh, both yeah. of us smoked cigarettes when we were deployed, and I remember coming and bumming smokes off of you, and you finally looked at me and was like, yep. get a job. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But I it think that's, living, you know? Yeah, but I think that's what started our friendship. We really started talking more and – and getting to know yeah. each other. And then um, it was shortly after we returned from deployment, you had invited me over for a cookout. That's where I met your wife and her pico yep. de gallo sauce, salsa that I love so much. And then, yeah. um, right. And then, I mean, it, I just went from there. I mean, uh, you know, my last yeah. six months at Mountain Home, I lived with you and your wife, you know, before leaving and yeah, going to yeah. Alaska. Um that was that was funny. I remember who was it? The was that Ohio State Miami that played that year? Yeah, uh, national championship game. So yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that because I remember you flipping out, jumping over. The <laughs> Still Buckeyes fan, man. Um, Hell yeah, you can't, uh, you can't, you know, switch up. You die hard. You got to be right. But you know, I just yeah. I know I remember so many stories, man. Uh, all of us hanging out. I remember the barbecues every weekend, you know, and really uh, is kind of come full circle with what I'm doing now. But, you know, I remember the sense of family, you know, uh, yeah. you and your wife. And then there's a few others that I can think of that I might not talk about or talk to, but I talk about fondly often uh, because it's that sense of family that we had where we all were shared experiences. We were all together. And we were all together all the time, you know what I mean? So, I mean, the barbecues, the the deployments, the TDYs, the, um, but the family unit thing, I guess, sticks out the most. Oh, yeah. no, you're not. I'm here now. Um, well, what I was saying was, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, like, what you do in your story. Um, let's see. I don't know where to begin. Uh, as you know, I got out of the military and, uh, basically I came back to Ohio, um, through, 
I mean, you know, you kind of start reinventing yourself several times over. Uh, went through a couple jobs, went through some hardship through my transitioning back to the civilian lifestyle. Eventually got my crap together and um, met the right woman. Had a couple kids, ended up uh, putting myself through college, ended up getting my master's degree, worked in crash yeah. for a while. And that's kind of led me to doing what I'm doing now, which is uh, starting a nonprofit for veterans and service members to help them transition either out of the military or out of incarceration. Awesome. That's cool, man. Um, we're going to get more into that in just a second. Uh, but I mean, you know, like I said, I, I want to go back. You know, we, we, we have a history and, of course, how we met wouldn't have happened unless both of you you and I signed on that dotted line you know sometime back in back in the day but um but we met in a a, a little town or not a town but a place uh mountain home Idaho so right. what was that oh one right did you when did you get there oh one or 2000 no I actually got in the mountain home in 97 and I think the first time you and I actually met we were deployed Okay, that's right. Yeah, I, and you know what? It's funny, man, because I still have some pictures from that deployment. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, the very first one. But yeah, man. Uh, um. So can you tell? Can you give me like some comments on how your transition from military to civilian life has been? Uh, like I said, you know, in the intro, adjusting was. <laughs> Something. I'll just put it that way. Um, no, I mean, you get into, like I was just talking about our shared experiences and stuff. You get into that family and knowing who you are and, and the people around you. So when you go back to getting out, you know, I had a rough transition, man. I, I lost my sense of identity. Um, I didn't really know anybody in my community where I had just left a community where I knew everybody, you know. Um, right. employment was difficult to find because, uh, you know, you go work for a civilian employer and the expectations and the culture is different. So, you know, you're used yeah. to being, you know, especially in our job when we were in the service, you know, it's all about efficiency. And, um, and so I yeah. had, well, I had issues with that and, you know, I was, you know, 20, some years old when I got out and it was a process of, you know, I, I, it was yeah. like, I almost got back into the stuff I was doing before I joined the military. I mean, and it, bad, bad habits kept coming up and I'm like, you know, what the heck am I doing? You know, this and that. And yeah. And you can't start doubting yeah. yourself and you start going, okay, you know, did I make a bad decision? Do I, should I have stayed in, you know, should I have done this and that? And I actually went back to the recruiters several times and I asked to go back to active duty um, just to be told because of prior service commitment rules, I couldn't. And it really was a kick in the teeth because you're sitting out here and you're trying to adjust and get to know each other. You know, you're different than what you were when you left, you know, you don't, you got high school friends doing the same stuff you did in high school. And it's like, okay, well, you're not that person. But then your family looks at you differently because you act different around them. So I didn't really have anybody to talk to. I didn't have any, you know, I lost my sense of identity. Nobody to talk to. 
I couldn't really hold a job because I was like, you know, I didn't agree with what was going on or I, you know, there was just, it was different. I'll tell you what, so, man, I, um, I, you know, I got out on different terms, a little bit different terms than you did, but, uh, I struggle with quite a few things similar to that, you know, trying to adapt to certain things. And as I grew older as a person and in the military, I realized I couldn't really, uh, be creative the way I wanted to. And that's kind of why, you know, I had good marks and all that. You knew me, man. I always got promoted and I had, I got awards and all that, those kind of things. I just got hit by uh, a congressional budget cut that, you know, everybody affected oh, by, but my transition was a little bit different as well. You know, it was kind of rough. Um, I actually was the blessed to be around people you know, um, that helped me get a job right away on base doing the same work. So it was cool. Uh, but in the same sense, you know, I went to school right away and got that going. And so I knew that I had those resources available to me as well as a vet, you know. Right. And, um, you know, one thing that I wanted to, to kind of like message I wanted to send or like wanted people to know is that, you know, all vets uh, – are are not suffering through certain things like mental illness or depression but there are some that are and and just all kind of different issues that everybody deals with but we deal with a little bit more having to you know just conform because you don't make it in the military or in the police force or as a firefighter or or anything like that unless you conform right you know what i mean you kind of have to change who you are and and you're doing a job, sure, but you're wearing a uniform and you, the standard is different. It's ex and then it, it, exactly what I tell people all the time. You know, I when you join the military, you got to take into perspective. If you're on the outside looking in, you got to take this into perspective. When you join the military at 19 years old, you're 18, 19, you're writing a will. Not yeah. everybody does that. Okay. So you're already getting compounded with, you know, life or death decisions then you join the you know you go to boot camp and it's automatically you're met with aggression anger you know um and conformity because they're breaking you down and rebuilding you for the need their need so then you go to tech school and you learn your job and stuff and yeah like you said you're doing a job but at the same time in that environment you are bred or built for a specific need so, you know, and you actually were touching on the mental health issue as you're exactly right. I mean, you can look at the statistics, not everybody is dealing with TBI, PTSD, but a huge number of vets are actually more so than the two I just mentioned, two demographics I just mentioned, more vets are dealing with transitional stress. And it's that because you are broken down to build or service specific need in the military, now you're coming home. Nobody's training these guys to come home. Nobody trained me how to come home. Nobody trained you how to come home. It was great that you had a support system. You know what I mean? But that's kind of where the miss is, I guess. Hey, uh, so like I was saying, you you know, everything that we're talking about now, transitioning in the from the military to civilian life and seeing um, the culture of how, you know, uh, post-Vietnam and, and, and 
just uh, post 9-11 veterans and how the resources available to us. Can you tell us a little bit about DRD? Okay, so Dress Right Dress, um, or DRD for short, uh, is a brainchild of mine <laughs> uh, that actually started probably five years ago. Um, I was working in a, an adult halfway house as a case manager, and I was I ended up getting a lot of vets on my case. I, and I don't mean a lot as in, like, the numbers were huge. The majority of the vets that were coming into our program were coming to my caseload. So right. I started talking to these guys and kind of like you and I were just sitting here talking, you know, and I started noticing th- similarities of stories, their uh-huh. story versus my story. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on? And then, you know, uh, there was guys tell me how one guy, for example, there was a misdiagnosis of this of PTSD. So this is his situation does kind of surround mental health, but, uh, misdiagnosis. Next thing you know, he's in an, involved in a shooting um, shortly after getting out, and then he does prison time. And then, you know, long story short, he winds up in our program. But then I also started yeah. talking to all these other guys, and you know, it's that disassociation with the VA because of lack of trust or whatever. Um, people not knowing the resources in their community, all this and that. I actually had several veterans tell me, Jeremy, I, I didn't even know any of this stuff existed until you started showing me, you know, and I really, yeah. right. And I, I just started really concentrating on what these guys were saying. I was listening. I was doing something that nobody, and I, I use that word, nobody loosely, but nobody was really listening to these guys and saying, okay, what are we missing here? Right. So I started really yeah. listening to these guys and I'm, I started putting things together and I'm like, you know, these guys are dealing with the same crap that you dealt with in transition. There's a, there's a miss here, a disconnect, you know, we're not making sure people getting out right. and going to a rural area or going back to an area that doesn't have a lot of resources or, or going back to someplace they don't even know. Like, you know, for example, you know, we, we actually share a friend that is getting ready to retire and he was talking about going to Vegas. But he not, doesn't know any of the resources in Vegas. So anyway, my point is, these guys are getting out, and they don't know the resources. They don't know what's in their community. They don't know this and that. And then it just is a vicious cycle of, you know, self-doubt and beating yourself down. Next thing you know, old habits come up or, or new habit, new bad habits come up or whatever. And then they find themselves incarcerated. So this spanned over three years and I started doing more and more research and all that. And I I was like, okay, what's going on? And I kept finding these similarities between service members transitioning and, and the connection to veterans being incarcerated. So after, after some more research and and talking to some other um, professionals and uh, VA systems and, and veteran service organizations and stuff like that. I started talking to these guys and, and we all agreed that something needed to be done. So basically we developed, well, we developed several different ideas, but nothing came out. So, and last year I went to NAMI, which is a national Alliance for mental illness. And they hold a home front program, which is teaches uh, family members how to deal with veterans that have PTSD or, or TBI. And I was talk, talking to our local NAMI 
affiliate about starting a program for transitioning service members and service members that are getting out of incarceration or veterans getting out of incarceration. So anyway, fast forward to this year, four years of talking, four years of research. I was like, this is the year I'm going to do it. I'm either going to do it or I'm going to stop talking about it. And it's either, it's one of those, do you want to be part of the solution or part of the problem? So I uh, started talking to, you know, a lawyer and, and really starting to shop this thing around. Um, Basically the idea and concept has evolved into, like I said, dress, right dress. Um, And what it is, is a peer and mentoring program that helps connect service members that are transitioning to specific communities to those community resources. And it helps on the backside mentor and connect community resources to those veterans getting out of incarceration. So the whole premise is we are taking other veterans in specific locations and helping guide either transitioning service members or transitioning incarcerated veterans to community resources. All right. All right. Okay. Um, so uh, I might, I might've jumped the gun, but real quick, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to have an episode on my podcast without talking a little bit about art. So um, I, I want to talk about this, this 391st uh, inspired piece that, that we did for you. First off, I love it. I actually yeah. own, for anybody listening, I actually own, I think, three, I believe, three pieces of art from you. Right on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is that, that was the third one, right? Um, right. But, yeah, I think you, you, you approached me. You wanted, like, a, a flag done a certain way, and we were shooting some ideas. And you're like, no, I like a, a torn, like a, a famished, like, worn flag. So right. I did the flag, bold tiger in there for you. For those that uh, that don't know, 391st was the fighter squadron slash maintenance unit that uh, Jeremy and I worked for together. Um, they had the F-15 fighting eagles uh, out of Mountain Home. But anyway, yeah, I did that piece. And, um, you know, as I, as I send out some content regarding this, I'll post a picture again for those that have not seen this, this canvas painting. But it's pretty awesome. And, uh, I think also, it is a perfect commemorative yeah. piece of art to the 391st. Right on. Well, I appreciate that. Um, anyway, Jeremy, uh, just real quick to finish up, um, where can we learn a little bit more about Dress Right Dress? Or do you have any uh, Instagram or a Facebook website or any other outlets that we can we can see? So until everything gets tidied up with board of directors and stuff, right now you can find Dress Right Dress on Facebook. Look for the white and green DRD logo. It will actually say um, there's a tagline saying aligning veterans for a better tomorrow. You'll know you'll have the right Dress Right Dress. Also, you can follow me, Jeremy Parkins, on LinkedIn. I'm always sharing content on there or talking about Dress Right Dress. Hey, Jeremy, thanks again for joining, man. Um, do you have any any other final comments? No, just look for us to be in local area somewhere near you in the future. I hope so. I hope I can get out there sometime eventually, I will, too. I will say this. We already saw, as you, are, you know, you know, we're specifically uh-huh. in Ohio right now, but we've gained interest in North Carolina, 
Colorado, California, Texas, and Florida already. That's awesome. All right. Well, anyway, thanks again for joining. Um, for everybody at home or in your car, wherever you guys are, are joining from, uh, thank you for listening to the 11th and T podcast. That is Jared. That is Jeremy Parkins that we have uh, representing Dress Right Dress. Go and check them out on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn as well, Jeremy Parkins. Um, thanks again, Jeremy, and uh, we'll chat with you real soon, all right? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.